something. It's like a podcast, but it's a vodcast, so you can listen and watch. It's like news talk or sports talk, but it's life talk, so we can walk the road together. On today's show, Cynthia Yanoff with Pardon the Mess podcast joins me to chat with John Smith and Pastor Jason Noble, who are with the great new movie Breakthrough that's based on an incredible true story of a mother's unfaltering love in the face of impossible odds. Chrissy Metz, Josh Lucas, and Topher Grace are just a few in the terrific lineup that tells this enthralling reminder that faith and love can create a mountain of hope and sometimes even a miracle. Thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. Okay, we are so excited today, you guys. We have Jason and John in town today in Dallas because they're here for the premiere of of the terrific new film, Breakthrough. Breakthrough is the true story of John falling through the ice in a Missouri lake and his mother's refusal to give up. Here's the trailer. Rise and shine, breakfast is ready in 10 minutes. And don't make me come back up there. This is our town. It's a close-knit community, the kind of place where everyone knows everyone. Hi, Miss Jay. Hey, how are you girls? And we're always there for each other. Nice sermon, Pastor. What do you guys have on for the rest of the day? Well, John has a basketball game. Yeah, I've seen this guy hoop it up around here. This kid is so lit. Text your mom tomorrow and tell her when and where to pick you up. And uh, don't do anything stupid. Love you guys. Boys, get off the ice. We're training for the Olympics, sir. Cindy. He's been underwater for more than 15 minutes. It's going to be a recovery, not a rescue. I got something. We got him. We've done everything medically possible. There's nothing more we can do. Please, God, send your Holy Spirit to save my son. A 14-year-old St. Charles boy who spent 15 minutes trapped underwater is continuing to fight for his life. I don't believe John will survive the night. You don't know my son. He is a fighter, so I need you to be the best for John, and you just let God do the rest. So the the premise of this movie is amazing, and the name of it really kind of says what it is, and that's a, a breakthrough. And Jason, I can't wait for you to talk to us about like the deeper implications of breakthrough. But yeah. can you give us a little bit about the backstory? Yes, on on January nineteenth, twenty fifteen, uh, me and my three friends were out on the lake um, in Lake St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, we have a thing out there called bipolar weather. It's where the weather gets re- really, really warm and then really, really cold at the same... From day to day. From yeah. day to day. Yeah. And so we were out there just having fun on the ice, and then I got a text from my mom asking if I wanted to go play basketball because that's what I enjoyed at the time. Yeah. And she said, I love you. And I said, I love you too. And then eight seconds later, I fell on the ice. Oh. Um, one was able... There were three of us. One was able to self-rescue close to the dock. The other two were 25 to 50 feet out. Me and the other boy were 25 wow. to 50 feet out. From the dock? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So by then we're, you know, we're fighting for our lives, but there's no way we can get back. Okay, so John, did you hear it start to crack before? Did you know that it was going or did it all of a sudden just go? Uh, All of a sudden just go. Wow, Mm -hmm. it had to have been terrifying. So wait, did I miss this? Did everyone fall in? All three of us, All three of you fell in, but the other ones were able to get out. Uh, One was able to self-rescue, the other was saved by a firefighter. Firefighter, okay. Don't push them out, don't push them out. 
Oh, wow. John, you pushed them out. One of them, yes. Okay. Wow, that's incredible. So when you went in, it was freezing cold water. Were you stuck under the ice or were you, um, was your head above the water? So I was fighting and yes, my head was bobbing. I was going mm. from the water line below, seeing how murky and dirty it was, and then going above, seeing shore in the dock. Um, until my friend later told me after this was all said and done, he said I was expecting you to come up, but you didn't. What I really remember from that experience is probably just like the ice cutting my skin. Mm. And that's probably the last thing I remember. Yeah. Cutting it when it went, when you went down? When I was trying to fight to get on a piece of ice to stay it afloat. Oh it cuts my gosh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Is there a period where you were lo totally under the water and what were you thinking about? Uh, you know, you're just kind of, you're in that fight or flight state of mind, you know, you're just kind of trying to figure out, you know, am I going to die? You know, am I going to live? Am I ever going to see my family again? It's a lot of thoughts in your mind at once, but at that time it's mostly, you know, this is it really. Yeah. How old were you? 14. 14. Okay. And so what, what, what's next? What do you remember next? And we kind of uh, know how it plays out, but what do you remember next? I basically, it was kind of like a movie in itself, you know, point of conflict, blackout, waking up in the hospital. Okay. Did your friend that got out first, he went and called emergency help? No, uh, actually the manager at the recreational uh, part thing that we were at, he called 911 and then the older sister of one of the boys called 911. Wow, that had to have been terrifying. And we actually prayed that he wouldn't remember. Did you really? We actually prayed that he, that was one of the things God showed us. It was because it's so traumatic, like the 911 calls. Yep. We prayed that he wouldn't remember. Hmm. And so, and God answered that prayer. Wow. Wow. Jason is the pastor of the family because, um, yeah. and so very close with them. And I know you spent a ton of time at the hospital. I did. even. Yeah. I mean, and he'd been under for 15 minutes when they pulled him out. Mm. Under so, the water for 15 under the minutes. Water for 15 minutes. And I mean, the, the crazy thing about that lake is it's 50 feet deep everywhere and muddy. And if he would have went down in anywhere other than he went down in 10 feet in Rocky Bottom, hmm. if he would have went down anywhere else, they would never they would have, have found never, him. Yeah. And he was right on the edge too. They were afraid any movement would push him off into, and so they pulled him out, worked on him for another 45 minutes at the hospital. And that's when Joyce walked in. Wow. And I'd only been their pastor for three months. Hmm. So I had was they just pastor. moved there? No, we had. Oh, you had? Yep. We'd only been the pastor of the church for three months. And so I was kind of waiting back. I didn't want to overwhelm them, you know, whatever. And Brian said, where's Pastor Jason? To my wife. And I go, okay, I'm there. So I got there as quick as I could. And when I got there, Joyce was walking out of the room and she said, Pastor, it's bad. Like he is brain dead. The doctors say there's a 1% chance he will make it. Wow. If he does, um, he will be a vegetable for the rest of his life. They don't think he's going to make it overnight. Mm -hmm. And so we take a group of pastors in the room, and we just started praying. Um, incredible miracles in the book. It talks about what we saw. There were two angels in the room. I mean, it was an incredible experience. And I walked out from there, and I told Joyce, he is going to walk out of this hospital. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. He's walking out. And so the funny thing is six, 16 days later, the picture wow. of uh, me and him walking out of the hospital was so perfect, mm. you know, um, 16 days, that is nothing. 16, 16 days. days. Yep. So he woke mm. up three days in the ventilator came out seven days later and then 16 days after, I mean, total, he walked out. Yeah. Now I noticed, I saw the trailer when it says that his mom came in. And it was basically told, you know, we, we have time of death yeah, after an hour and eight minutes. Yeah, we haven't been able to revive him. And she just starts crying out to the Holy Spirit and the Lord to, to save him. 
was were you in the room at this point? Or I was is, not. Okay. I was not. And so, I heard a lot about it. <laughs> so she did that, and then she came out, and then y'all all came back in and continued praying over. No, so she she went in, did that, uh, prayed. They said the whole hospital heard it. I mean, it was a crying out. Like she was crying. She was crying out to God, and they said the nurses said that when she walked in. They literally felt the temperature of the room change. Like the power of God went up his body so strong when they prayed. And so at that point, they said, hey, we've got to get him down to Cardinal Glennon. So they airlifted him down to Cardinal Glennon. And that's where I came on the scene. Wow. Wow. So at that point, by the time he had been airlifted over, he had a pulse. and I mean, it was not a good situation, but... It was very weak. They, okay. they like eight more times they had to try to get him stabilized before they can even fly. Wow. Do they feel like the cold water helped? No, not at all. That the doctors hurts. the doctors said it didn't hurt it, but the doctor said he was not the water was not cold enough and he's too big for that to work. Oh wow. And even so even if it was the the cold water, there was ten other things that should have killed him. Yeah. Like his pH level was so low, his uh, muscles were exploding into his oxygen stream. Every organ really? and catastrophic failure. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, that is that is just. I mean, there's no other way to describe it other no, than a miracle. It's true, and 305 pages of medical documentation to the story. Really. Where the doctors have said exactly what the film says. Huh. Okay, so which leads us to the question of why the film? Like, I know that there was a book written in 2016, yep. and then uh, a movie later. And so, what compelled you to, you know, what moved you to be a part of the film, to make the film? So we were we didn't go looking for the film. Uh, Pastor Sam Rodriguez, our executive producer. Um, got online. He picked up the story off USA Today while it was happening. Really? And he... Because y'all got a lot of media. We got a ton of media. Yeah. Yep. And this was all the, during the Michael Brown stuff in St. Louis. Mm. So it was interesting. Wow. Interesting how that all like plays out at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so um, Joyce saw him on TBN and she said, hey, you only know the first part of the story. Would you like to hear the rest of it? And he said, yes, really? I would. And so she told him and he said, man, I'd love to have you guys on TBN. So we flew down to Tustin that April, um, walked in the green room, and there was a guy working in the green room. We thought he was the green room guy, making sure everybody had sandwiches and, um, you know, taking care of everybody's needs. And so we told him the story for 45 minutes, went on to our segment. He went on to his segment. He came back, talked to us for another 45 minutes. And at the end of it, he said, I don't know if you guys know who I am or not. And we're like, no, you're not the green room guy. Yeah. I mean, that's what we thought. Yeah. He said, no, I'm Devon Franklin, and I've just done Miracles from Heaven. Yeah. And oh, I want this yeah. story to be my next movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so from there, the book was written. Um, the movie was done. And then we just wrote a teaching book follow-up called Breakthrough to Your Miracle that will help people to really know what to do biblically when they get into a situation like this. Okay, well, let's just go the road that I know you have to address often is what do you do if you're not? Because that is a miracle, and it doesn't happen for everybody. It doesn't. But it doesn't change who God is. And so how do you address people who say, you know, I'm dealing with this. I've prayed about this. Does God not hear me, but he hears her? And, what, you know, have I done something? How do you how do you deal with people in those situations? It's a, it's a tough question. Yeah. Because the, the reality of it is, is that if John would have died, we still would have believed that God was our healer. Right. We still would have believed that God did exactly what we asked him to do. Because we asked, said, God, we need you to heal John. Mm-hmm. And that means it could be on this side of eternity or as he stood at the throne. And God welcomed them right. to heaven. Yeah. And if you look, we all die. 
I mean, Lazarus isn't alive. John yeah, won't be a crazy die. thing about that, about I mean, life, isn't it? Nobody gets out of here alive. <laughs> no. And so death, if you're praying for healing, death could be part of that. Yeah. And that's not the final chapter. Mm-hmm. It's only just a step. And so I think it's re, it's helping people relook at their perspective to go, listen, if you're looking in an eternal perspective, if we're Christians and we believe in eternity, then the best thing that can happen for somebody is that they go to heaven yes. and that they have eternity. The hardest thing that can happen is when we lose them. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, and I think Jesus feels it. I think God know what God knows what it feels like. He lost his son. So he yeah. knows what it feels like yeah. to lose. Mm-hmm. And so um, the scripture I always take people back to is God is close to the brokenhearted and crushed mm-hmm. in spirit. So if he takes your child, if he takes your loved one, it doesn't mean that you didn't do everything you could. I right. do think there's things that we've got to do to position ourselves to be ready for what God wants to do. Does that necessarily dictate the outcome? I'm not sure. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so I always tell people, listen, if you're going to pray, don't try to dictate to God what the outcome is going to be. You have to be okay with whatever he chooses to do and know that he has a plan and purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. And trustworthy. I'm curious, John, what was your faith like before the accident and what's it like since the accident? Um, you know, falling into the lake, I I wasn't saved. Um, you know, I was really struggling with, you don't know, identity. I'm struggling because going through eighth grade to freshman year is a very big change and you know going through John that, it's a hard time in life yeah. I mean you, yes. all of us are a flesh wound away from mm-hmm. junior high insecurities <laughs> and you're living it you yeah. know yeah. and let's so, talk about that no I'm just kidding <laughs> oh we could talk it's about true. that too we have so, I love okay. that you're honest about that so so going through all that you know I really just didn't want anything you know God wise I wanted to do my own thing and you know falling through the lake you know they'd expect you to be oh you know you're holy now you're God you're Jesus you know you want to be just like him that wasn't the case I really didn't want anything to do with this you yeah know, this was a burden more than anything but you know it took a, a lot of lessons for me to understand that you know God had something greater for my life like what are you willing to share that because I can only imagine that first of all living through what you lived through and then having the onslaught of people just like looking at you would have to be a lot for for that period of your life and And there's another piece too he was adopted was something he really struggled with like why wasn't I wanted and I mean so he can speak to that too well and I love that I I would love to hear what you have to say that I have an adopted little boy that we just adopted out of foster care last year Mm. and so I when I saw that you're adopted I thought I wonder what role that plays into all this in your in your story too but there's a lot there uh having a birth mother her name's Lolenta um I Guatemalan name is Carlos Escalante Lopez. I like that name, by the way. So I do too. A little um, different than John Smith. A little bit. <laughs> but uh, you know, one thing that I always try and tell, because I've gotten a lot of adoptees that have texted me since you know they found me on social media, and they ask, well, "What do you do? Uh, what's your two cents?" You know, regarding all this, I said the biggest thing you can do is forgive. Mm. Because think about this: your mom and your dad, who are your birth parents think about the pain your mom had to go to have you and think about her having to sacrifice you for a better life mm-hmm. I said it took me 17 years to understand that and it took so I pray that it takes you less time to do mm-hmm. that yeah that's beautiful you. and so just going through all that and you know after the accident the life lessons you're asking about you know I was really big on basketball and I had I was playing a very big game I was the starting point guard I was varsity and JV and I got up there and I started having chest pains. Mm. Didn't know why, but I'm upset, I'm angry, I have a towel over my head, I don't know why, stuff, lights bothering me for some reason, I just hear a voice saying, you know, why are you running from me? Mm. So, you know, I went on with my life, I trained. How old were you? 16, maybe. 
Okay. 16, 16, maybe 17. I think 16. I was 16. But, uh, you know, I went through that. I did the recovery process, did all the physical therapy, got everything looked at, yada, yada, yada. First game back, gym's packed. You know, I have everyone there. It's my return game. I was pretty big in the high school. And first game, my dad's sitting in the second row. My mom's sitting in the first row with some friends. And there's a blues ball at half court. And I dive for it like normal. And I get a knee to the side of my head. Uh. That's my. That's it. My career's done. Uh, I went to the gym. I was crying. I was trying to keep it together, you know, long enough that, I, you know, I could get out of the building. You know, I just didn't want to be seen like that. So I walk around, my gym's kind of a weird shape, so I walk around everything, and I see my dad, he's sitting there in the second row, and he's looking at me, you know, he just smiles, because he knows that this is it. For, yeah. And it's oh. been it's been a me and dad journey, basically, with the game of basketball. And, Interesting. You know, I, I put my head down, and I walk to him, and I just, he's wearing a St. Louis Cardinals gray hoodie with red lettering, and I just cry in his arms for 30 minutes in front oh. of everybody. But, you know, that was my sign of, okay, I can't do any of this on my own mm -hmm. anymore. I can't keep chasing my dreams instead of going to follow his dreams. And his dreams are so much better. You know, seeing this now, looking at my life now, looking where I'm going, and, you know, looking at where I was then, God never replaces, never takes anything he's not willing to replace. And, mm -hmm. you know, I get to coach basketball now. I get to, do you? Yeah, I teach younger ones, and then I also, I do this. So I enjoy all of it. And you know it's a good time. It's we had amazing. some very strong conversations during that time okay. about his purpose and what God. You know, I asked him straight up. I go, you know, do you think all there is to life is basketball? God has so much more for you. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just, I think we have to speak purpose into kids' lives. And oh, sure. That was a big piece to this puzzle. Into mm -hmm. kids and adults. and adults. I don't think any of us. I think it's hard for us to buy. We were talking about it before y'all got in. Just. One, you know, one of the biggest things is identity and worth. It's very 100%. hard for people to believe that, that you are gifted and you do have a purpose. And Struggle all through life. We all do. So, anyway, it's a good good word to get at a young age. It'll be exciting to see just for you, you know, uh -huh. where you go. Well, what are your plans? Do you have... A, I, I ask that knowing that you may or may not. I have kids and I have some teenagers and they don't have a plan outside <laughs> next week. So, so that being said, there's no right answer, but what, what do you see in the future? Um, you know, I graduate in May. I'm a senior in high school. Okay. And then I'm going to a Christian college in Minnesota, Great. Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then I'm going to study to become a pastor. Aww. And then from then on, wherever he takes me, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. It's exciting. Well, I guess y'all are friends for life. Oh, yeah. And how fun for both of you. It's mm -hmm. been a great journey. That's terrific. So, and I have a son his age, so I mean, it, like, it has been a great connection. Mm -hmm. That's great. Have you, I, I, I noticed that it said in some of the things I read that you had such huge community support during all this. People were praying over y'all and engaged, whatever. Have you had resistance to the story as well? The people who've said, you know, I don't know about all that, or what kind of resistance have you seen and what's your response to that? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not critics of the story. It's more religious folks who have gotten jealous about it, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. That's okay. where that's where the biggest piece has been. And what about even like the, the physicians, the medical teams that worked with you and stuff? Uh, presumably there's a lot of non-Christians that were involved in that. Do they, they speak to that being a miracle as well, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there were three nurses in his room that, in the emergency room that got saved. 
Wow. Well, and even the firefighter. There's some great yeah. stuff with the guy that rescued you out of the water. It's yeah. pretty cool, which okay. we'll leave that for the movie because yes. that's in the movie and it's great. And so as people walk out, and why, what, what would be like um, the message that you want people to get from this? For me personally, I guess I want them to take away that there's a sense of hope. Yes. Hope. You know, throughout this whole, you know, in our world today, there's such chaos and tragedy everywhere. And, you know, people are looking for a hope. People are looking for something to look up to. And, you know, if that's God, can you imagine, honestly, how our world would be if we were all looking towards God instead of towards man? Mm -hmm. You know, people that are in higher powers get so much, you know, blame for one little thing. Instead, why don't we turn to the one that can, you know, hold our last breath? Mm -hmm. And so I really want them to take hope out of it. I really want them to understand that there is still a God. And he's still doing miracles and he's still doing the impossible. Mm -hmm. Man, for me, my prayer is that people will say, man, if God can do it for John, he can do it for me. Yeah. And that they can walk out to know I can believe God for a miracle in my life. And um, it's amazing how everywhere we go, how many people we hear are needing breakthrough. We were at a church last mm -hmm. Sunday that probably had 2,000 people I was speaking at it. John and I were speaking there. Um, and I gave the altar time. And I said, if you need a if you need a breakthrough in your life, stand. 100% of the crowd. Hundred percent. Hundred percent needed breakthrough. Wow. And I think that's. I like how you put that too. If you need breakthrough, yeah. Because that that has so much to it. I mean, that just has lots of levels it does. to it. it and does. the breakthrough from so many things. Just even the bondage of just whatever past that you've lived through. One hundred percent. Relationships. Yep. Your own expectations uh -huh. or your fears or your worries. You know, and how it's many a really people, beautiful way to put it. Exactly, yeah. And, you I know, like I mean, that. I look at it and go, how many people have dead things in their life? They have dead family, you know, they have dead jobs. They have, like, and God can still raise that from the dead. I mean, mm -hmm. and so, not just a boy laying on a table, but dead dreams, dead visions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those things that God can just restore and mm -hmm. just, you know, bring back to life. Yeah. Which goes back to hope. It's a yep. good word. What, what a story of the goodness of God, and He's good all the time, like you said. Good. Sometimes we have to redefine what er, the answer, the right answer to prayer is. I think sometimes we think it should look one way, and it doesn't. Yep. But to see just such, uh, such the miracle, and totally. and, this, and then the so opportunity to, to share it. Oh. You know, in the movie about control, like like yeah. God, like I have to let my son go. I mean, she had to go through it, mm -hmm. and that was a very yeah. real conversation I had with her. Uh, about two months before that, where she came into my office. Before you had before the conversation. Before this all happened. Yeah. And did you see the trailer where she's on the roof giving up control? No, um, we haven't that. seen that one. So there's a point where she's on the roof giving up control. That that didn't happen just like that in that sequence. It happened a couple months before this all came down. She showed up my office. And, you know, she's like, I can't get my husband to do what I want him to do. And I can't get John to do. I mean, she was just broken wow. in a puddle. And I just looked at her and I said, Joyce, it's time to give up control. It's time mm -hmm. to let God take this over. And, I mean, she'll look back to that moment and say that was a pivotal moment to get her mm -hmm. ready for what was coming. And to see you know? how the Lord works upstream for us, you know, exactly. just in front of all these things. And, and she had, I mean, it was a tough word. I mean, I gave yeah. her a strong word and just said, listen, I mean, and I've only been her pastor for a month at that point. That so, is pretty bold. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew it. God dropped it in my heart and he said, this is what I want you to say. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I never go against that. Yeah. And so, but, yeah. you know, she would tell you today, she'd say, listen, that was what, you know, if I wouldn't have had that conversation, it would have been a different story. I think. Yeah, it would have been really hard for her to have engaged with that and yep. been okay for him to have gone 
100 percent yeah you know what i tell people all the time is i say you can't wait to build your foundation when you're in the middle of a storm right you've got to build the foundation ahead of time mm -hmm. and that means for christians that means you know she was like joyce is doing believing god uh, by beth moore she had this mm -hmm. conversation with me you know god was just setting her up and she took it and she built her foundation so when the storm came man she was ready yeah. mm -hmm. but how many christians just kind of fall apart when the storm comes because the foundation's not there Right. So it's a good word to just be able to surrender control, yep. to lean into hope, and to to consider in your own life, like, what are the breakthrough moments? Yeah. And, um, and call them out, which I think is part of what she did. And as much as John had, a, you know, literally broke through the ice and was saved, she broke through the ice in, in her own life and was saved from even controlling. Because yep. controlling, I'm just saying, has got to be the most exhausting thing mm -hmm. in the world. It is. And, and in a total prison. <laughs> Completely ineffective. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's. I think, too, it's not, we all want to put this stuff in a perfect little package with the bow on it right but there's not there's one not. no even it's when just you get, life. even when you get over control like it's still a yeah. battle you know what i mean and personally for all of us it's been a battle yeah. well we really appreciate you fighting yes. through amen and for you sharing and um Looking i hope people are encouraged as they yeah. go see the movie and um just are encouraged because it, it really released? is a terrific april 17th. story april 17th it's released yeah, yeah. Can't wait to see it. Do we okay. get to sing in this car like the other? Sure. You know, like is it I carpool mean, karaoke? Yeah. Car what do you want to sing? We could. I know John loves to do it. John, do knock it out. I'm good. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Where's come Donnie? back anytime. Yeah, Donnie was in here and be singing. Oh, thanks, you awesome. guys. Thank anyway, you. okay. So y'all go out today, and this was a whole load of saying something that was super encouraging, and we just asked mm -hmm. that you too go out and say something encouraging to the person walking alongside you, because you never know what struggles are going on in their life that they don't even. Uh, that they could use some help breaking through. So thanks Go you buy guys. tickets for yes. Breakthrough. Breakthroughmovie.com. <laughs> we'll see you in the theaters. All right. Bye. Thanks so much. Special thanks to John Smith and Jason Noble, whose true story inspired Breakthrough. And check out Breakthrough in theaters April 17th. Thanks again for joining the conversation. We love hanging out with you guys. Want to stay connected? Like or follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us on Instagram. See you next time on Say Something.